0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Out Your Backdoor Podcast. I am your host, Jace Martinetto, and we are on episode five and six, because this is going to be a two-parter. Oh, <laughs> well, I can't wait. It's a great episode, and I was able to sit down with Greg Petrie, and we talked a whole lot about his expedition paddling around the entire perimeter of Lake Superior But uh, more on that in a second. I just wanted to quick give an update for any of you faithful followers out there. Uh, It's been a busy past few weeks. Um, I apologize for my lack of content, but uh, I don't have any excuses. It's just been busy, and I've been trying to get everything done, and I've been trying to make sure that, uh, you know, the content was flowing, but to be entirely honest, the past few weeks, work-wise, have uh, been a little demanding, so I haven't had the evenings to do the stuff that I've been meaning to do and to, you know, make the videos that I wanted to make and to, you know, edit the way that I wanted to edit. Things have just, you know, kind of been, things have been hitting the fan a little bit, but uh, we're recovered. We're good. Nothing too too major, just a little busyness in the life, but uh, yeah, we still got episodes rolling, and they're gonna keep coming at you guys, but I just wanted to give you a quick update, nothing to be alarmed of, and uh yeah, I haven't given up on you, and I hope you haven't given up on me because I have a whole lot more to be to be out there to put out there. excuse me, but uh yeah, anyway, this episode is killer and you guys are really going to enjoy this it's great sat down with Greg Petrie and you know he really dove into every detail that you could about this this expedition paddling around 1200 miles of of shoreline of Lake Superior you know 97 days i believe is what it was start to finish and yeah it's just an incredible story so you know, he, anything from kayak disasters to search and rescue to finding hidden saunas on islands off of the Canadian uh, co- uh, shoreline. I mean, this episode and the next episode have it all. And Greg is a great guy to listen to, and he's a great local Duluthian. And yeah, I just, I, I can't say enough about it. But uh, I'll let the episode do some speaking for itself Another quick update is that You'll notice that I kind of have a fun new intro Same tune, same people, same voices But uh, instead of doing a dubbed episode Highlighted from each individual episode I kind of put them all together So you guys will see Hope you enjoy it And uh, yeah per usual I got some Local tunes coming at everybody And, well, I figured What better way to uh, Celebrate an episode with Greg Than to uh, play a little Trampled by Turtles Because the last three times I've ran into Greg On accident have pretty much Been at a Trampled by Turtles concert So, not just that But uh, I also may or may not have heard That this was the song Greg was playing In his head the entire time He was uh, paddling around On this expedition So, Per usual, everybody, kick back, open a window, let that nice, nice uh, summer air in, or find yourself a nice cozy spot, perch up on a log, go out in the woods. I mean, you can download this episode, go ahead and take it anywhere, but uh, yeah, here's what Greg Petrie has going on right out your back door. Yeah, I can't imagine not having grown up in Minnesota. I enjoy hearing those stories of you know where, yeah. where it all began. You know, saw <laughs> two huge moose right away in the morning on what's been recorded as the coldest day of the year in the coldest part of the nation. This is one of the gnarliest things I think there is about the North Shore surfers,
1: the Great Lakes, and beyond.
0: Watching Timberwolves and drinking beer and...
1: People are having fun, that's what it's all about. I am from the Twin Cities originally.
0: Yeah, yep, i was born Iron Ranger, I
1: was born in Hibbing. Main Street in Ely,
0: Afio. Duluth. We grew
1: up in Brooklyn Park. I'm from northern Minnesota, uh, Grand Rapids. You can go out your back door and have an amazing adventure.
0: People need to be dreaming about adventuring more than ever right now. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Another episode of Out Your Back Door Podcast. Today we are uh, sitting down with Greg Petrie. Greg, you want to say hi to everyone?
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Greg is a... uh in a nutshell quite the adventurer and uh <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna really dive into it today and I, I can't wait to uh, have him share all this all this fun stuff with y'all. But uh Greg, why don't we just open up and uh you wanna just tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh let's see. Uh I teach environmental and outdoor education at uh the University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, I'm lucky to have that that gig essentially. Um, I get to take a bunch of excited folks out and learning new skills. Um, a lot to do with uh, experiential education. Jace, uh, you know a lot about that program. Absolutely. So.
0: Went through it. Was, we shout out the EOE program all the time on here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic program. I mean, it really does focus in on leadership skills and how, like, just the skills that are taught there extend far beyond you know the typical you know i'm gonna work in a nature center or work for the dnr stuff so Yep. um yeah i like how flexible that is it's a, uh, it, it really
0: support. is uh it really is a program that you i mean you you gain a lot more out of uh eoe program than than one might see on the surface and i mean the yeah, Not only do you learn a lot about yourself and the outdoor world, but, I mean, you learn a lot about the people around you and the community that surrounds you, too. So it's, I mean, I, I, I owe a lot of my adventurous side and most of my uh, outdoor knowledge to the EOE program, so. <laughs> totally.
1: Yeah, and, and what's awesome, too, is, like, you can come in knowing a lot about that, you know, having that background or yeah. not, you know, and and it really, you know, it it kind of gets pigeonholed as this sort of fluff degree, and I think... Once people get in there and they recognize the like high academic standards that the program holds, you get a lot more buy-in from students and um, really the, a degree from this program. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but also <laughs> as part of the program, y'all get to take this with a grain of salt. But I mean, it's 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 a, a national leader as far as leadership programs and environmental and outdoor ed go. So Absolutely. really proud of. It really proud to be a part of that program and yep Um living in duluth minnesota i'm actually looking out my uh, bedroom window now i suppose this is bedroom slash office window now but <laughs> uh, i get to see the lift bridge and the lake um
0: there's a yeah. endless amount of opportunities in duluth what uh what are some of your hobbies uh outdoor rec wise around the area
1: oh uh, i'm just in the last two years, they're really getting into single-track mountain biking. Nice. Got a fancy bike last year and have been on it quite a bit. Very nice. Um, now with the trails all opening up, you know, it's just that kind of time of year where it's Getting back in shape and relearning all of the technical skills that I thought I had nailed down last year. But. Right? Yeah,
0: you gotta <laughs> put the, put the training wheels back on for a minute. Yeah, no. mm-hmm.
1: John, no. I just came in and bought us uh, Winona Solo Plus. Very nice. Uh, so we've been out paddling that. Wow, like, kind of illegally because we haven't been able to get the the, the stickers for it yet. <laughs> Rebels. <laughs> I know. Like, come on out, man. I'll put it right on the fridge, you know? Totally.
0: I mean, what, uh, outside of, you know, paddling and recreating around Minnesota, I know you've kind of uh, explored all all over the place. Where are some of the other places you've kind of experienced and, and lived and, you know, been around and recreated outside of the state of Minnesota?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. Actually, so... I graduated from the EOE program as well, so after I, that after that degree, I decided I needed to kind of expand my professional skill set, and I wanted to see if the, what I had learned was applicable to an area outside of, you know, northeastern Minnesota. So sure. I cruised, uh, I moved out of my apartment, you know, ended the lease there. Um, after doing some quick math on, well, what would I spend in gas versus what am I spending rent um and basically for the next eight years uh i was living out of my honda civic and i would do environmental education for a program called natural slit large based out of ventura california so i would drive i drove out there after a phone interview and getting accepted and yeah essentially drove all around california meeting um school groups uh you know usually it was like middle to high school Age range at all of these different beautiful spaces in California. Uh, They do programming in Joshua Tree. Uh, They've got a paddling program that's that's all environmental education based on the Colorado River. You know, you go to Point Reyes National Park. I mean, just north to south in California, and it was a fantastic
0: gems on the way. Yeah,
1: it, it was it was so much like a choose your own adventure. Like literally, you would. Be assigned. You might be assigned for a three-day program in Joshua Tree, and then you'd have the weekend to get to your next spot, which might be up in Northern California somewhere. Maybe it's in a Kings Canyon, right? Um, and you'd cruise up there, and there'd be people that were heading that way because they were on a similar schedule and had to be there. So <laughs> it was pretty much you'd sit down and or, you know, you're in the parking lot, and everybody's kind of, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'm going for here next, and uh, I'm going to go climb in the needles on my way. Oh, sweet! Or, I'm going to go surf, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm going to head to the coast and surf this way. And it was just a total choose-your-own-adventure. It was yeah. awesome. So, lots of plan there. So, I kind of, so for this eight, the general schedule for this eight years out of the Honda Civic deal was... Sure. <laughs> Uh, fall, um, so the beginning of the school year, uh, was natural set at large. Yep. And then, um, winter time I would do wilderness therapy with a program called Dew, Sure. Uh, and that was a, uh, Department of Corrections adjudicated youth program up in Northern Minnesota. Yep. So we winter camping, taking kids out for 21 days at a time, uh, in the woods of, northern minnesota and it's actually g-
0: gorgeous area all around that uh facility too <laughs> oh,
1: yeah it's, it's and incredible. It, you get out there and it's so quiet in the winter yep. oh yeah and then uh then springtime i typically take off for me because i just really hated group management <laughs>
0: <Fair laughs> yeah you know
1: wet, wet and cold <laughs> totally totally um summers uh would be guiding either rock climbing uh, programs around Duluth or um, sea kayak guiding up in Alaska. Um, spent a, a summer or two working for a program called Adventure 60 North based out of Seward, Alaska. And I got to tell you that uh, both Luke and I uh, just like we originally went up there for that job to get some um, practice um, on bigger water and different water sure. than Lake Superior, you know, sea kayaking and stuff. So, yep. Um, but we both absolutely loved adventure 60 North and Rick Brown, the owner of that company is probably the, the dude owns the largest heart. I think I've ever (laughs) witnessed in anybody, (laughs) you know, like he's just down to help folks and make sure his guides and, and I mean, I mean, just outside of getting the business stuff, but he just, he goes out of the way to make sure that, you know, he's doing right by you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those those kind of people nowadays are far and few. It seems like, but but when you find one, yeah, they're quite impactful. They're very very yeah. very good people. I've I've met a few in my life that are similar. So yeah, that's yeah, cool. that's cool.
1: So yeah, that's about it. And then when yeah. I got tired of living out of the Honda, I, uh, I said, okay, I got to find a more <laughs> a more permanent. <laughs> <job.">
0: <laughs> nice. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's wild. You know, like I mentioned right away in the beginning, Greg is full of adventure, and, I mean, there it is, just, you know, 10, 15 minutes into conversation, I think everybody has a pretty good gist of uh, of a, a little bit about who you are. So, I mean, ultimately, this, you know, life of adventure and well-rounded adventure, too, rock climbing, hiking, paddling, you know, traveling all over, living out of the Civic, I mean, it's it's like the outdoor you know modern outdoor dream basically you went and lived it for a while there but but you had this uh other dream in the back of your mind this uh the superior dream and and that you know ultimately this adventurous life led you to uh you know one day coming up with this huge idea so uh the bulk of everything (laughs) we're diving into today i'm so happy to be able to open this door finally because uh yeah i mean do you want to kind of talk about the origins of Superior Dreams and and where that kind of came about and how it became a reality?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Really, Superior Dreams started, you know, is all really, really good ideas. Uh, do you know you're having beers with friends essentially, and uh, <laughs> I have a so Lucas Will was my my um, expedition partner and we were roommates. Um, living at a house called, we called the humpback trail. Um, and, uh, and, and essentially we we're drinking PBRs and we we're just like gushing about how much we love Lake Superior and um, talking about our own like histories and family histories. And we both shared this, that, you know, one day we both had this dream of paddling and seeing the shoreline, uh, you know, the entire shoreline of Lake Superior. So, you know, the next day kind of, Brought it up again, and as we were nursing our hangovers, I'm sure, and <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know we were lucky to have um, you know predecessors to follow. Essentially, you sure. know, JJ um, Kelly, I think he's working for National Geographic right now. Um, he had just done his first adventure documentary uh, calling called "Pedal to the Midnight Sun," sure. where they, he and um, Josh Thomas rode their bikes. Um, up to the Arctic circle. Oh, no, I don't know, I'm, for, I'm forgetting where they, they started in Alaska. And I can't remember if, where specifically, but, um, yeah, just rode their bikes up there. And, and so we leaned on and we're asking questions like, Hey, it'd be great to give back, uh, in some way to this lake, you know, like we're going to go out there we're going to use it. We've got this connection to it, right. how we're going to give back to the lake and the community. Uh, and we decided the best way to do that is to get people involved and get it on people's radar. Cause sure. if people know about it, then maybe they'll come up and visit. And if they visit, spend enough time there, they'll develop that love that Luke and I share and everybody else that we'd run into, uh, when we talk and when we, we were going around the lake, right. but there's found love for it. And ultimately like people will protect things they love. And you know Lake Superior is this amazing freshwater resource, um, the largest lake by surface area in the world. It's got uh, like three trillion gallons of freshwater.
0: <laughs> Just a few gallons. Yeah. <laughs> Just a
1: few. Oh man, dude! And actually, to give you an idea, because like trillion is such an abstract number. Yeah. But I, we did the math, and three trillion gallons of water is enough water, freshwater, to cover. The North and South American continents yep. with three feet of water. Wow! So that's like up to your knees, give or take.
0: <laughs> a child can drown in three feet of water. So that's like, oh, yeah. that's I mean, a lot yeah. of water. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. over
1: over some children's heads. So. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the deep end for some people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: A school bus driver and drive all over the world. If you would like, well, you could ride with me and we could live on the road. That's that's, yeah, that's kind of like this idea, and uh, that's where the documentary came from. Is this idea that we want to be able to give back and share this experience and and get as much um, exposure to this space out as possible. So
0: totally, yeah. So I mean like let's let's take it right from the beginning then and anybody that uh it, it has not seen the film Superior Dream uh go, go on Vimeo and check it out it's it's very much up there and very reasonably priced too so uh def, definitely go give that a look and uh then follow along because we're about to hit it right here so i mean y- you can't really just like categorize this as like an everyday trip i mean this was 1200 miles 97 days the elements of lake superior the entire way and you know you, you dreamed it up and you know created in into a reality but how do you actually prep for something like that i mean food prepping and mapping or out planning what all went into the uh the um you know pre pre-planning and everything else for the trip
1: well you know ultimately there you know there's the logistics side of of everything and and why Luke makes such a fantastic expedition partner is he, his head is all in that. Like he's down for like, he can see the large picture, break it down into manageable chunks and get the logistics down where the second my head tries to enter that space, (laughs) it's almost like I hear the dial tone. (laughs) 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 So, so, you know, a lot of that, you know, like food caches, we had to mail out and we had to figure out, well, how far do you think we're going to be? How much food do you want to carry with us? How much are we going to be able to carry with us? Right. Um, you know, we wanted to, part of this whole thing was to be, um, as organic as possible. And we wanted to, you know, then build our own, uh, West Greenland style skin on frame kayaks. So, you know, like these, like I was kind of more the, the idea dude. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. You know, and the the creative, like I, I was really excited about the documentary and, and filming and, you know, keeping everything, you know, coming out with this sort of, how are we going to tell this story? And um, so Luke Luke was stuck with the maths, (laughs) all, all of the, the, um, you know, like how many meals and all that.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you were the dreamer, and he was—he was just kind of taking action. <laughs>
1: yeah, that poor soul had to try to take, you know, crazy ideas and frame um, <laughs> around him. So right, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but that's teamwork. Yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> I mean, really, you, you would—you would approach a trip like this. Uh, any, like you would a weekend Boundary Waters trip or any other sort of weekend trip, you're doing the same, you're asking the same sorts of questions. Well, okay, how much food do I need, you know, before I need to restock or, you know, where are we going to camp? What's our game plan? You know, a very, like, um outdoor skills like is the name of one of the classes we teach and it's pretty much that skill set that we used we just applied it to a larger time frame for sure so yeah
0: and i suppose route planning in itself is pretty simple uh keep the shore to your left and keep paddling huh <laughs>
1: yeah yeah exactly and <laughs> were, were there honest,
0: designated campsites uh along the way or or uh, how did how did that all go down
1: yeah, Minnesota along the North Shore has got the Blue Water Trail, and um, because there are uh, there are large sections of private property where you're not allowed to actually get out and step foot on sure. the shoreline, so there, along the Minnesota side, there are, yeah, the Blue Water Trail and campsites there, but once you cross into Canada, you've got this wonderful thing called Crown Land, Ooh. which is you know essentially it's blm land it's a, uh, i'm sorry sure. bureau of land management national forest state forest it's the same sort of rules that sure. we would have down here for those spaces yep you'd pay you know you hey how many nights were you did you spend on crown land or do you expect to and you'd get you know your permit or, or actually it's not even a permit it's um and i'm thinking about uh, provincial parks all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know you um crownland was what we used um and we tried to be as respectful as possible yep. um you know like we're not setting up our tent in front of you know someone's view of uh, their summer cabin of the lake you know <laughs> right so yeah we needed to do a what was called a remote area border crossing permit to be allowed you know to be in Canada uh so we didn't go through customs on our way into Canada yeah we just kind of had that paperwork, so that if anybody asked, we we're like, "Yep, they know we're here." Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's cool that you put it into that perspective. That it, you're ultimately planning like you would a weekend trip, just uh, on a much bigger scale. And and uh, so, how how did the food food caches work? I mean, how did you guys restock and resupply? Were there enough towns on the way, or did you have them sent out, or how'd that work?
1: Yeah, it was kind of a combination of both, actually. So we. If there was a a community, a post office we would uh or a business was along the shoreline, we'd contact them ahead of time, give them a you know, and ask permission, hey, will you hold on to a package for us? It's our food. (laughs) Please don't throw that away. (laughs) (laughs) Please please don't throw it out. (laughs) Um and then um once we got the okay, we, you know, spent a, a a day shopping, another day packing it all up into caches and this is where that Luke's organization skills really helped. And then we would, we talked uh, Luke's ma into shipping out some packages of food, you know, in accordance to where we were, and so that it would arrive a couple days or so before we got there. Sure. There's only one instance where, um, <laughs> we had, uh, oh gosh, how to, how to tell the story. Like, uh, Luke, so this is, this is like Luke's story or one of Luke's stories for but, uh, uh, his ma had we we needed to charge batteries out there, and one of the things we didn't have that would have made life really nice going into some of these wilderness areas is a solar roll for um, charging our, our our batteries and things. And so when in that package that Luke's ma sent, uh, I think she labeled it as power plant because you had to declare everything that was in <laughs> that package. So it got held up in in customs for like a week. Oh,
0: oh my gosh!
1: Because they're like, you no, know, you cannot ship a power plant or power plant parts. <laughs> no. So we were stuck uh, working for, or we, you know, kind of bartered our 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 space and time at. Oh no, I'm blanking on the name of the adventure company. They're fantastic. They're right near Wawa. But yeah, so we just hung out there, and we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we were, we guided a trip for them. We fixed kayaks. Um, we did pretty much whatever they wanted to, uh, as far as you know, hanging out and um, waiting for that package to show up. Sure, they met us, which was really nice. It was nice of them.
0: That's awesome. So you guys decided. Uh, I, I don't even know if we touched on that. Did we talk yet about the kayaks and and all that?
1: Oh no, oh, <laughs> not
0: yet. <laughs> we're oh man. There's so much to discuss.
1: <laughs> we uh, we found these instructable plans, or uh, found plans for a West Greenland kayak on instructables.com and just basically followed them. You know, it said it was going to take about 40 hours to make. Yep. Uh, two months, actually, because, <laughs> you know, prior to this, like, Luke and I had, like, the only thing I had built anyway was a box in, you know, high school shop and you know, to this day, that lid is still lacquered shut. I have no idea what's in there. <laughs> um, so we're kind of we were learning new woodworking skills, and you know, steam bending the ribs, and yeah, you know, making the cockpit combing and everything was brand new to us. So we took this design that you know. Functional for thousands of years, just you know, it's been around. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, neither of us just like looked far enough ahead and to be like, well, really, a West Greenland style kayak is built for day tripping. You go out, you get your seal, you strap it to the deck, and then you bring it back. Sure. Right. So when you then try to put a week's worth of food, uh, all of your camping gear, and then your you know recording gear. Yep. It tends to sit a lot lower in the in the water. Sure. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and I will admit, um, especially looking back on it now, we were a bit cocky <laughs> in that we were like, Well, we're just used to kayaks with bulkheads and um, oh I'm blanking on the word now. Hatches. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, Jeez. Compartments, hatches, uh so we yeah. were so So used to that, that we were like, well, might as well build them. Yep. And, you know, like all said and done, those, the West Greenland kayaks, we still have them. They are like, you know, Cadillacs, like they are so (laughs) lit. They slice through the water. Oh, yeah. um, But they are not built for expedition boats.
0: Sure, sure.
1: We realized pretty quickly uh, once we got out into the lake proper that we were taking on water what <laughs> we needed to do an about face oh my and gosh. get back to shore so our first day was also our first emergency landing um
0: <laughs> oh boy but what a better way to start a trip at the same sense too right <laughs>
1: right you get you get that that uh, that hiccup out of the way and That's, then you move on
0: right <laughs> I mean but yeah
1: I mean I mean yeah so you, it was an adventure, you know, like on adventures, things happen and you have to choose. We, Luke and I just found ourselves constantly being in a position whether or not, you know, like, well, do we continue or do we pull the plug and try again next year or something like that, you know, or put it off you yeah. know, And I think that being just constantly situate aware to the situation that you're at, yep, um, you can take the moment and be like, okay. This is where we're at. This is what we've got going on. What are our options? And do we, you know, is it still worth it? Yep. And we kept coming up with. It. And really, when we finally got back to that question of is it still worth it, the answer continually was, yeah, hell yeah, like we're gonna keep pushing forward. Nice. We cruise by the banks. The river's deep and wide. You never have to think about space or so time.
0: Yeah, the kayaks that, you know, you dreamt of and built, you know, supposed to take you across this expedition, you know, ultimately fail immediately. But you, you put that behind you and, you know, you get those few first strokes in with the new boat and you got the north shore to your left, the big lake on your right, and the journey of a lifetime ahead of you ultimately. Uh, what was that feeling like?
1: It's a process, really, because you get going, and because Luke and I were so familiar with the North Shore, and and it was really unique to be paddling up to these spaces, and and get to these spaces by your own power. So, you know, there's this sort of increased level of intimacy with with this space, and this mental process of, okay, you know, we're here, we're going to get to this known quantity, and really... Crossing the border into Canada is where, for me, that line of, all right, we're doing this, you know, like uh, that unfamiliar territory. Yeah, because it it feels, you know, you, you, it feels like you're accomplishing or you're, you're working towards this large, you know, goal that's bigger than you, like in so many different ways. right?
0: Right, right.
1: And. And, you, you know, for a while, you know, especially in the beginning, there was a lot of, can I do this? You know, sure. you know, is is this possible? I think this was accurate for both Luke and I, but the largest trip that had been on to that point was uh, the leadership trip, which is, you know, eight, nine days, um, uh, part of the EOE program coursework uh, in Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Yep. You know, so we were taking that and multiplying it by a factor of 10. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no big deal, but <laughs> <Yeah>. yes.
1: <laughs> oh you know, my gosh, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it's not that, you know, we had done all the mental work. We knew that both of us made good risk management decisions. We had promised our, our moms that we were going to make it back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't lie to your mom, so. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh. So, so, yeah, so we, you know, like, it yeah, it was just a great sort of headspace of, all right, when we when I finally crossed or when we crossed the border into Canada, it was this is it. Like our, you know, not that we were totally um, like if something happened where, you know, like we had our risk management plans for each section. And yep. really the most remote part of the lake is the Pukiswa, uh Provincial Park. And by the time we got there you know we were feeling nice and strong and really confident sure and we gotten into such a routine of you know this is what we do and yeah did did you
0: have a <clears throat> did you have a favorite section or portion of the trip
1: oh man i mean i you know part of me wants to kind of abstract the hell out of that question and be like <laughs> Yeah, the people and, you know, like that sort of thing. Totally. Um, because the, the communities we went to were all amazing and everybody we met along the way yeah, shared that love and they all were like, you know, I can't... Like Luke and I would hear it all the time. Oh, I wish I could do that, you know, and that sort of thing. But right. as far as, like, oh, so so, as, sorry, far no, as that sorry. goes, like that was great. <laughs> yeah. um, but the but the landscape, um, it changes because huckuswawa national park is because it's so remote and i just love that feeling of being out there yeah like we get away from minnesota we get away from highway 61 you're not hearing cars anymore yeah only people you're really seeing um are sailboaters the occasional uh, you know wreck kayaker out there but that felt really amazing because i built it up in my head too Is like this is the spot you know this is like the highest risk We can get like if we're feeling solid through here, we're gonna be good, and then your mentality changes on the back. Oh, I don't know, half like we crossing into back into the states. Um, we kind of did another mental like mental shift, you know, and and we really discovered the difference between going on a trip and going on an expedition.
0: Sure. Yep.
1: Um, Man, I'm I'm blanking on all of these. Um, Sam Crowley. I believe uh, is, uh, is we ran into him, and he's the reason why I bring this up is I'm it's, I'm stealing his line here. Sure, uh, but he's one of eleven people that have circumnavigated um, Ireland. Okay, and that's just a you know that's just an epic trip because of the shoreline and it's all rocky and right the
0: cliffs and yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and uh and he was you know we were talking to him about this like man we just don't feel like. We want to get up and put on that wet, you know, (laughs) wet clothes and 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 paddle more. And he's like, kind of, he kind of smiled and kind of chuckled, and he was like, "Well, yeah, that's the difference between going on a trip and going on an expedition. It's the (laughs) idea that at a certain point, you're waking up and you don't want to be here doing this anymore. (laughs) But you know, but but that's the reality. But
0: But but you you gotta, yeah."
1: Not that you're not able to still enjoy the process of it all, (laughs) but there's, you know, it's like at a certain point you're like, yep, I'm doing this because it brings the finish line closer.
0: Yep. Yeah, totally.
1: And I think people that have gone on large extended trips, like that's a very familiar feeling. Yep. It's a Uh,
0: complete different mind shift when, when you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and you kind of, you know, it's there but you're in this mind space of you know you're kind of right in the middle of it all and yeah moving forward is the only way to uh get that get that light to be a little bit brighter you know
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah <clears throat> well and that's the thing too is like it, you know we didn't necessarily say we were going to take a hundred days to do this we kind we left it wide open you know we oh, were nice. like both of us didn't purposely didn't plan to start a job or anything um when the expedition was done we were you know we wanted to if the weather was gnarly we wanted to and, you know hang out and not push it sure um, in regards to that yeah and we also wanted to like if there was something going on in a community we wanted to have that built into the space to say hey they've got some music going on here or there was right. a cribbage tournament that we we <laughs> uh did in silver islet you know like
0: that yeah right
1: so the other thing too is the idea that now it's getting into fall and winds change and oh, weather sure. it gets gnarlier more yeah. often you yeah. know and so coming back on the North shore or on the North shore with of Wisconsin and Michigan, like, yeah. you know, we were dealing with different things as well. So, you know, to answer like, and this is a really long way to answer your question of favorite sections, but, but it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but why it's hard to, to really nail it down is because, you know, we were going through the apostles and, and all of these, uh, you know, spaces that personally, when we started i was like i'm gonna be so excited when we get there right i just couldn't muster that same level of excitement
0: sure sure
1: For these incredible spaces you know
0: yep it's because they're at you know other places yeah grab your grab your heart and you know <laughs> you discover things you didn't even realize were there and that's that's the beauty of those types types of trips and any trip for that matter i mean when you discover new things that ultimately trump the things you were excited for i mean that's 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 kind of what fuels my uh my adventurous side at least i mean i i I love that sense of discovery so
1: yeah so yeah yeah i think that's that's huge like poking your the bow of your kayak into a a little nook somewhere and or like exploring the little sea caves you know there were sea caves on the north shore that i had never known about that we were able to like no way (laughs) you think we can get both kayaks in that
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna try (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, well it's awesome so i i couldn't have asked for a better answer to that question because I (laughs) i mean that's what it's all about i mean you know what we we everybody listening was not on that trip so to be able to dive in and you know kind of get a sense of that excitement and wh- where that went is you know mm-hmm. it's awesome thanks for sharing that so um yeah, but yeah and, and another thing not not everyone will see you know the land around lake superior like you did and you know all the different areas that you did and is there a lot of similarities or differences between the different like sections you know you got the north shore you have the canadian north shore you got the south shore down Michigan, Wisconsin and stuff. I mean, what, what, what was that like going from, you know, all the different areas?
1: Yeah, it's really, it was really interesting. I was kind of, I was blown away by one, how large Canada seems from the lake, you know, like there were, there were, you've got some spaces on the North shore, like Palisade head and shovel yep. And, you know, that's, you know, Tedaguchi state park, that sort of those spaces. Um, but the rock type changes, and you know the the cliffs just seem a little bit bigger. Yeah, the stretch shoreline, you know. So Canada's and the north shore is very much very very rocky, craggy cliff stuff. Sure. Um, you know, rounding down into St. Marie and Michigan and Wisconsin, that's where you're seeing more like the sandstone and the sandy beaches. Okay. Um sandy beaches if we found any it was very much cobblestone on the north side of the lake yeah uh, if we were any if there was sand anywhere it was because we were hanging out kind of at the mouth of a river or something like that sure, um, sure. yeah and it's just and that's what i think part of the gem of the lake is that it's got all of the characteristics i mean you yep. sort of mentioned it earlier but just this idea that this lake is, and the size of this body of water is so big, it generates its own weather patterns. Yep. Um, I mean, so there were two common phrases. One was, Oh, I wish we could do that. And two, Hey, be careful. Of that weather it comes up quick. <laughs> and they, you know, Luke and I got really good at coming up with that canned response. That wasn't roll your eyes. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but like, but it's no joke. People like you can't just jump into a wreck kayak and head out on the lake Um, if you're not prepared to, you know, get knocked out of your boat and then get back in, um, people have lost their lives, um, by not taking this body of water seriously. So it's, you know, as much as I make, Luke and I, you know, did make, you know, the kind of rolling our eyes and like, because we'd hear it so much, we absolutely took it seriously. Um, you know, we knew, and we talk about it constantly on whether or not, the next move we wanted to make and what the weather was going to come and be like. Um, I mean, (laughs) I I don't know how much, how much time we've got here, but.
0: Oh, we, if, if we go long, we're cutting into two episodes so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> uh uh-uh. that's one of my rules on the podcast i don't cut i don't yeah. cut stories short man if they get All good right. if they get good they're good for a reason we'll display yeah. it. we have plenty of weeks to display <laughs> podcast <laughs> episodes so so yeah let it let it roll unless you're on a time limit then oh uh...
1: uh, no 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 <laughs> no we could have our home
0: Thank you all for tuning in. This has been such an exciting episode, and and the excitement continues. Part two will be out very soon, and not just that, but I'll send you guys the uh, full song of of school bus driver. At the end of next episode. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. But Greg is just getting warmed up. And boy does he have some more exciting stories for you. So check back. Part 2 will be coming out very soon. And uh, yeah. Little teaser. Search and Rescue is about to get involved. So uh, yeah. Definitely definitely check back to see what happens. So anyway. You all have a wonderful time. And yeah. We'll see you at the next episode. Have a wonderful one. Signing off. See ya.